0: You're listening to The Active Lifestyle
1: Marketer, brought to you by Tiger Creative, the creative agency for active lifestyle brands. Find out more at tigercreative.com. Welcome to The Active Lifestyle Marketer, a podcast dedicated to bringing industry experience and insight into marketing an active lifestyle brand. Whether you're a travel and leisure, fitness and sport, or a health and nutrition brand, if you want insight into the strategies, struggles, challenges, and successes of other Active Lifestyle brand executives, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to the Active Lifestyle Marketer. Today on the show, we have Kate Davis, um, owner of RD Kate Sports Nutrition. Kate uh, has a long history in sports nutrition. Um, She started in triathlon. She has a master's in nutrition, is a consultant for USA Hockey, and specialized in training in USOC training facility in Colorado Springs. She's also been a D1 sports dietitian at Michigan State. So she's well-versed in the health and nutrition space. Kate, thanks for being on the show.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, no problem. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your backstory, um, give us a little history behind your company and and what you guys have been up to lately.
0: Sure. So I became a registered dietitian um, about 2006, so that's what the RD credential stands for. And like most dietitians at the time, I started working in a hospital, just working clinically and kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. And I pretty much hated every minute of working in a hospital. It was not my cup of tea. But I didn't really know what I wanted to actually do with my degree. So during that time, I was also transitioning from mainly distance running to starting to do triathlons. And, you know, kind of along the way of doing these training rides with different groups, people just started asking me questions. You know, hey, you're an RD. What should I be eating during long runs or during long rides? And I said, you know what, I don't know, but I'll find out. And so it was a lot of self-education in the beginning. And the more that I started doing that, the more I really just enjoyed it and decided that that's what I wanted to do with my degree. So I, in 2009, went back to graduate school and I got my master's from Michigan State University and I was able to really do a lot of work with athletes at that point. I worked with the varsity athletes, mainly um, football and field hockey, but just a little bit with all of the different sports. Um, And it was a really great experience. Lots of lots of hours, lots of time, but it was a really good way to build up my knowledge base for working with all different types of athletes. So I graduated in 2011, and I knew that I was going to be heading out to Chicago. That's where my fiance lived at the time. And um, the problem with moving to Chicago is that if I wanted to get, you know, a full time, you know, what I call a real job in the in the arena. I would have had to commute about 90 minutes each way from where we were going to live. And for me, that just wasn't an option. So I decided the only way I could keep doing what I was doing in the way I wanted to do it was to start my own business. And it was something that I thought about when I was in grad school, but I thought, well, you know, I'll do that five, 10 years down the line when I have a little bit more experience or whatever the case. But then, you know, once I moved, I thought, well, why not? Why not do it now? So I launched the business uh, basically that summer of 2011. I've had it since. And I really specialize in helping athletes to understand what they need to eat, when they need to eat it, and kind of where do supplements fall into the mix? You know, should I supplement? What should I be taking? That sort of thing. Um, My business, I really pride myself on that. I don't sell any supplements. It's really just helping educate the athlete and being that um, sort of advisor to them on what they should be eating and when. So I work with individual athletes as well as teams. Um, I do program development as well. I work with a uh, Division two college in Michigan where I'm building their sports nutrition program kind of from the ground up. So I have a lot of different um, jobs that I do uh, within my business.
1: Very cool. So you found a passion and merged it with your expertise um, as a registered dietitian. Correct. Correct. Uh, and so does your company, does RDK specialize or focus in the triathlon space? Or are you still working, uh, across the board with, with all kinds of athletes?
0: Um, I do work across the board. I'd say the majority of my clientele is either triathletes or runners. Um, but I do work with a little bit of everything and all different levels.
1: Okay, cool. And uh, what is your role within the company? Um, what does your day to day responsibilities look like within the company?
0: So, um, I am my company. Uh, so, I pretty much do everything for my company. So, day to day, it really varies a whole lot. Um, it could be, you know, obviously meeting with clients, um, preparing to see clients, answering questions from clients. Um, I do a lot of networking and, you know, I try to market. Uh, my business and whatnot. You know, I just relocated from Illinois to Michigan, so right now it's it's a whole lot more time spent in networking and marketing than I was, you know, right before I moved from Illinois and my business was really built up. So there's a lot of that. Um, it, it, yeah, it really just depends day to day. That it could be a, a, you know, lots of different things that I'd be doing.
1: Very cool. And what do you what are your goals as you look forward to the next three to five years, say?
0: Um well I I think my focus right now is really just building in the Michigan area um or the state of Michigan I should say. I because I still have my license with Illinois, I can still consult with Illinois athletes and I certainly do and I have a, a lot that still work with me. But you know, certainly when you're not in a place, it's a lot harder to, you know, just keep up that face with um with everybody you're networking with. So I think for the next 5 years it's really, you know, figuring out how much do I want to grow within Michigan? What I want to, what do I want to do? Because I really do enjoy the consultant type opportunities. So, it, you know, you mentioned USA Hockey. I travel with them once, maybe twice a year um, for a period, of, you know, for five, five to seven days at a time. And that's really exciting and fun work. So, you know, potentially building more of those clients. Um, but, you know, like I said, also mainly expanding within Michigan, trying to work with, you know, more teams and high schools and and whatnot, but also keeping in mind those national opportunities. Um, you know, kind of along with this, I, I really try to maintain work-life balance. I have two little kids, um, that I, I love spending time with. So, um, I'm probably a little bit different from, I would guess some of the people that you interview in this podcast, because I, you know, I'm not looking to grow the business, as big as it possibly can be type of thing. I've always um, kind of had my, in the back of my mind, just trying to keep that work-life balance with my business.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's great. So one of the things you you mentioned was um, you still have your license in Illinois. So are there uh, state regulations that don't allow you to practice in other states and work with athletes in some of those other states?
0: Yeah, so um, not every state has them. California doesn't have them, doesn't have one. Um, So I have worked with clients in California just because, you know, I can. Uh, Michigan actually does not have a licensure. So, um, but Illinois, you have to have one. So only certain uh, specialties, only certain type of professionals can essentially be handing out nutrition advice. So if you don't have a license, you can give very general advice, right? So you should eat more fruits and vegetables. You should Uh, I don't know, eat frequent small meals throughout the day. Right. You can give very general advice. But once you go into, okay, I'm going to sit down with you, I'm going to figure out your caloric needs, I'm going to give you a meal plan. That's crossing the line into essentially nutrition prescription or and you um, you can't do that unless you have a license in Illinois. Um, But in Michigan, they don't have one. So uh, that's good or bad, depending on who you ask. Um, but for me, it's actually been very challenging since moving here because you know that really means anybody can be doing this, and so it's a lot of time spent trying to explain why you know my credentials and my education and my experience are better than mm-hmm. a person who did like a weekend training session, you know. <laughs> And they are now calling themselves an expert, which unfortunately, there's a lot of people doing that, especially in states where there's no licensure.
1: Yeah, no regulation. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's a good segue into our next question. Uh, what what makes you guys and what makes your company different and sets you apart from um, – obviously there's a big difference between you and some of those people that just read something online and, and want to call them experts, but other people with your same credentials and, and uh, the same expertise, what, what sets you apart as a RD and Kate company?
0: Yeah. So, you know, like you mentioned, people who aren't credential don't have the same education. That's one thing I do try to push is just the experience that I have, but, you know, outside of that, I think really to my experience as being an athlete and understanding the competitive nature of athletics and kind of all the pressure that the athletes are under, I think is another thing that sets me apart. Um, And then also the way that I operate within my business. I mentioned that I don't sell supplements, um, but I do offer just advice on how to utilize supplements and also which supplements are worth buying and worth the money and which are really just a big waste of time. Um, and unfortunately there are dietitians, sports dietitians who do sell product. Um, and so, you know, you just got to be careful with, with stuff like that. Um, and then the other kind of approach that I think sets me apart is I am a, a huge proponent of empowerment and education of my athletes. So, I always tell people when they give me a call and ask about consulting with me, um, I am not the dietitian or the nutritionist who's just going to give you a seven-day meal plan or a 30-day meal plan. Um, I am instead going to teach you about food. I'm going to teach you how to build your meals and how to build your snacks. Because in my opinion, if all you want is a meal plan, you can probably do an internet search and, and find it online yourself. You know, you right. don't have to be me to to give that to you. So... Um I think that education piece is is really a, a big part of what sets me apart as well
1: now are you are you still uh, competing in triathlon and, and enjoying that on this on your spare time
0: here and there? yeah, i um I made the uh, cardinal mistake as an athlete, and i I had a baby in November, and that's not the mistake having a baby, but I had a baby <laughs> in November and, and i um I started training for a half marathon probably about two weeks after, and I just kind of went too too hard too soon oh, and uh, got an injury. So I, I was able to still pull off a 42K fat tire bike race in February in the winter, which was um, a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. But I'm still kind of working back from the injury but I, I think I'm getting close so I'm hoping maybe you know mid to end of summer do some distance runs and maybe maybe fit in a like a sprint triathlon at the end of the year or something like that
1: yeah good we hope you can jump back in so can you can you share some maybe some specific marketing strategies and approaches that have brought um, you success as you have built this up and especially as you have moved states that's that's got to be difficult or move locations. It's got to be difficult transferring a business from one place to another. Um, What have you seen success as you've transitioned and, and started to get your name out there and and promote yourself as, as a expert in this space?
0: Yeah. So the the beauty of moving a business across state lines is that we still have the internet. So (laughs) you can still kind of continue uh, quite a bit of what, you know, I was doing in Illinois. I've been able to continue in Michigan Um, you know, for me, I, when I first started the business, probably again, like most people you interview, I, I probably knew very little about what I was doing in terms of building a business. I'd never been taught how to do that. It's not a class you take in school or anything like that. So it was a lot of trial and error with marketing. And I I probably tried every, every type of marketing you could imagine. You know, I, I think I put something in a newspaper, I might've done magazine stuff, and then I, you know, I tried doing booths at triathlons and booths at different races, and that was a complete waste of time. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, for me, the most successful is just really good old fashioned phone calls and um, even emails. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but picking up the phone and just having the courage to call someone and, and try to make that connection um, I've done you know chamber and type of different types of networking meetings and those have been pretty successful because I think you know email it's easy to kind of hide behind mm-hmm. a little bit whereas you know somebody who's you picks up the phone and you can kind of get a sense of them from their tone of voice and you know kind of their approach and um, the same thing obviously with meeting someone in person I think you just connect in a different way so for me, it's it's really just, you know, pounding the pavement and, and trying to build those relationships that way. Um, and then with, you know, moving, moving the business, but still trying to maintain as much as I can in Illinois. It's it's still just trying to have those touch points with my with my old network and then also trying to build up a new network. So I have um, an e-blast that I send out once a month. Um, to just whoever you know my might be current clients it might be potential clients and kind of whoever wants to sign up for it right off my website but then um, I also have a separate newsletter that I send out to um, what I call just sports medif- medicine professionals um, so a, a big thing with my area because I am a health professional uh, you know a licensed health professional is working with other members of the sports medicine team so whether it be Um, doctors or athletic trainers or physical therapists. You know, we in the sports world, they call it kind of that sports medicine team. Right. Right. So it's I've done a lot of networking with with those types of individuals. And that's been really awesome and really helpful with referrals uh, back and forth even. Um, But then this particular newsletter that I have, it goes out four times a year. And it's really aimed at that group. So somebody who has a little bit more knowledge base in the field of, you know, just just the area of science in general. So I'll put, you know, recent studies in the world of nutrition. I'll maybe have um, a piece on an athlete I worked with and some of the outcomes they were able to achieve. So really helping them understand where does um, performance nutrition fall in in the area of caring for a, a patient or a client. And kind of what can my clients or my patients achieve, um, by working with you is, is really the, the aim of that newsletter.
1: Okay. So it's a, so it's kind of like a education piece almost.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Education piece while also kind of keeping my brand in the forefront of their mind is really the, the part that that's there for.
1: That's cool. And are you seeing success, um, like social media, social networking type stuff with building relationships with athletes?
0: Um, yeah, so I use social media, I use Facebook, probably the most. um, And that's actually been pretty successful to get athletes parents. (laughs) So I work with a lot of high schoolers. And so I've gotten some parents on there interacting with me and talking to me about working with their kids. Um, I I also have social media um, platform on Twitter, and that's been good for kind of networking with other people within my field. Not so much clients, but people within my field. And then I'm on LinkedIn, and and that's also been a way of more of a, a networking type piece. Um, I've done a little bit with like Pinterest um, and Instagram. I probably could do a little bit more with that um, because that's that's probably a better way also to get at my particular target clientele. Um, but Facebook has worked pretty well in terms of just continuing to push my brand out there and, you know, getting my name out there and just letting people get to know me a little bit more as well, um, as well as the brand itself.
1: Right. And, and you talked about um, when we when we were discussing your differentiation, you talked about uh, approach of empowerment and education for your clients. So are you putting, putting out a ton of content, um, whether it be socially or uh, on your blog or, or whatever form you put it out, you mentioned the newsletter, but are you putting content on a content out on a consistent basis that educates not only your clients but educates uh, people that may just be potential clients or or searching for health and nutrition for sports in that space?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yep. So I'll I'll do that on Facebook um, fairly regularly. Um, most of my posts are going to be education based. And then a few, you know, other types of things thrown in there. And then I have my blog that I do, um, write in regularly so they can, you know, anybody can access that it's searchable so that they, there's all different types of topics. I've had that pretty much since I started the business. Um, and then, yeah, the newsletters, uh, all of the newsletters I send out have some sort of education piece in there. Um, because, you know, for me, the way that I've had the most success that I, I feel like with my clients is when, either my, either the current clients or potential clients kind of see me as like an advisor, you know, Mm -hmm. if if they feel like I'm, I'm, I'm to the point where I'm somebody that they trust and they know, and they can reach out to me with questions. um, That's going to be a good client. That's a client that's going to come back to me, you know, you know, they're not just going to work with me now, but they're going to come back to me next season or in the off season and say, Hey, you know, can we work on this now? Because they, they see me as that really that advisor to kind of help help them through, you know, whatever their questions are. So it's, it's not just kind of like, a answer my questions quick. It's like, no, I really want you to, to understand what I'm doing. And I really want you to help me through this. Um, you know, like I said, more in that advisor type role.
1: Yeah. So you're really working to build a strong relationship with, with your clients and, and those that maybe just have questions rather than just provide a service and then move on to the next person.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to, trying to build up kind of that long-term relationship um, almost like, you know, I I call myself to some people, I'll call, I'll, I call myself a nutrition coach, or I'll call myself coach Kate, because it's almost like if you think of a a coach, you know, it's somebody that you don't just talk to them a couple times, you're gonna, you know, work with them for a while, you know, whether they're coaching you, like you have life coaches, or you have um, team coaches, you know, coaches that are working with you for a season. So, um, so I really try to help them understand that that is my role, too. I'm also a coach. I'm just like your food coach. you know, instead of, instead of training you.
1: Right. That's awesome. So how, how have you, what are some of the struggles and challenges you have come up against as you've built your business? Obviously the move was probably pretty significant with all of that. Um, But maybe can you talk a little bit about uh, balance that work life balance, how you, how you go about figuring out um, balancing, building this business and balancing that family life that is so important to you.
0: Um, yeah, so I, from the beginning, um, so the, when I was first building my business, I, would, we didn't have kids yet, um, but we were expecting. So I kind of was always building the build, the business with the knowledge that I wanted to carve out time, you know, for my family. And so I think it, it was just going into the marketing piece um, and the networking piece, kind of having a very clear vision as to what that meant. Um, because I think work-life balance can mean a lot of different things to different people. Mm -hmm. And so I just, you know, sat down with my husband and we really defined, um, you know, how much am I going to be working? How many nights a week does that mean I'll be gone? You know, how is that going to work together for us and with our kids? Um, And I think it it definitely is challenging. You know, there's always that question, you know, like, can you have it all? Can you be the best parent and can you also be the most successful person, you know, in your business? And I don't, I think the answer is no. If, if you go by the society standards of what is the most successful parent or what is the most successful business person. Um, But I think it's just finding whatever your, you know, definition of success is for each one is going to, you know, and and that's, what's going to be the most fulfilling for you. And so I think the struggle was, and probably continues to be, that I'll, I'll, I'll probably never be as successful by society standards in my business because I'm essentially holding myself back a little bit so that I can have a life, you know, with my kids and with right. my family, but that's okay with me. Um, I just find that some people don't understand that and they don't understand why, why are you not doing this with your business or that with your business? You know, when, you know, you could, you could be so much bigger than you are now, or you could make so much more money and I appreciate that, but um, to me, that's just never been worth it. I, you know, when it comes to sacrificing time, um, you know, with family and the good thing about having your own business is, you know, maybe down the line when the kids are in school and they're not around as much, um, uh, you know, I, I, will start putting more time into the business and I can do different things with it. Um, but right now that's just not the life choice that, um, that I've made or, and that my husband and I, um, have made for our family.
1: That's really cool, yeah, you can kind of ramp up and down depending on where your kids are at in life and um, what your what your different success goals are. So that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, how are you guys how are you creating an experience for your customers? Uh, you you touched on it's really important to build a personal relationship and you want your clients to feel like you are a, a health coach or an advisor. So what are some tangible things you are doing to build those relationships uh, and create an experience for those clients that keeps them coming back and not just coming to you for a quick question and then they they go find somebody else?
0: Yeah, so I whenever I'm working with clients, um, you know I'm a big proponent of of being a very clearly communicating with them, what I want them to do, but also constantly asking them, okay, what are your questions? What are you understanding that I'm saying from what I'm telling you? Um, what did you just hear me say? Cause I want to make sure that they completely get, you know, where we're going, where we're at now, what the goals are. Um, so it's a lot of continuously asking them, you know, probably to exhaustion, you know, do you get this? Do you understand? Um, my kind of, my phrase that I always say is, does that make sense? does that make sense? Do you understand? Yeah. Um, and I actually make my clients say yes or no, you know, they have to respond. Um, and if it's a younger client, like a high school or a middle school kid, I will make them tell me what I just told them. Okay, so what did I just tell you about X, Y, and Z? What do, What do you understand about X, Y, and Z? Because I really want to make sure that they get it, that they know where they are. Because I think sometimes when, you know, when you start shutting down and and, and not listening or not paying attention anymore is when you're just completely confused and you don't understand what the person's talking about. So um, to, to keep them, you know, really holding on to what we're doing, I want to make sure that they get it. And so that's that's one of you know the, the tangible things that I'll do. Um, the other thing, especially when I'm working with younger clients, is talking to their parents um, um, and making sure that I'm you know, communicating with them about this is what you're, you know, especially if the parent, for whatever reason, can't be on the on the call or, you know, in the consult. Um, this is the stuff I ask them to do. I'll talk to the, the young athlete about talking to their parents and saying, you know, I'd like you to tell this to your mom or dad. You, I want you to communicate that to them because it's really keeping everybody on the same page. And again, serving as that um, advisor, or I guess, manager of sorts to, to help them be more successful. Um, with what they're doing. So, um, yeah, so those are a couple of things that I'll try to do. And then, you know, obviously, I'll email with clients. Um, The one thing I don't allow is texting. I actually will not text with clients. That's just (laughs) another thing I decided not to do, which a lot of people do in my field. I just I just said, no, I'm not going to do that. So uh, but I email, you know, and and I'll check in and say, how you doing? And I'll ask them to email me. Um, So it's it's just that communication but with boundaries obviously again that work like balance I, I have a life too so <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: so if if i'm going to be a client of yours what does what is it what is that going to look like whether it's consulting or or um, but I don't, what kind of shape does that take uh, working with rdk and um Am I going to be tracking my food on a consistent basis and coming back to you and and going over that? Is it is it like a one hour consultancy and and then I'm off on my own till next month? What what does that kind of look like?
0: Yeah, so that's a really great question, and the answer is that it it depends. It depends on the age that you are. It depends on the type of athlete that you are, um, or maybe what your goals are. So, for example. Um, you know, if I have a, a younger athlete, let's say a high school athlete, and they're looking to build muscle, okay, just as a quick example, that's somebody that I'm going to want to check in with a lot more frequently. So every athlete that I start with, it doesn't matter who they are, what age they are, what what they're seeing me for, we do an hour long initial consult, and so I really get a good picture of what is your training like. Um, you know, how are you eating on a day to day basis? Um, you know, what are, what are kind of everything that we're dealing with here so that I have a really good idea of their lifestyle and their schedule and, and where we need to make changes. Um, and then, you know, if it is a younger athlete, um, who needs a little bit more accountability, I'm probably going to be talking to that athlete maybe every week, every other week until they get to a point where they're making the changes I want them to. And they're more self-sufficient, um, you know, and really understand what I'm asking them to do. Um, and then if it's, let's say an older athlete, um, who maybe, you know, doesn't want as much accountability or doesn't need it, you know, we might be checking in, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe once a month or something like that. Um, so it really just depends on kind of what you're coming in for, you know, in terms of, am I tracking my food or not? Uh, for the most part, athletes, I will have them track their food just because I don't know how you're eating. If you don't, if you don't tell me, right. um, but you know, is it, Is it going to be paper and pencil or is it going to be on a tracking app? That very much depends on the client. Younger athletes, you know, high school, even college, I really don't like them tracking on apps. I don't think it's necessary. I think sometimes it becomes extremely stressful for them. Um, So with them, I'll, I'll more talk about the visuals of this is what your plate should look like. These are the types of things you should have at snacks. We'll talk about timing. You know, this is when you should be eating, um, you know, and that sort of thing. Whereas with older athletes, um, some of them are are very much married to numbers and they really feel like they need to track. And so if that's where they're at and if that's the way they learn best and if I feel like it's appropriate for that particular athlete, you know, we might look at the numbers a little bit more. Um, But, you know, again, going back to that education piece, I really try to help them understand eating beyond the numbers, right? Because at the end of the day the numbers it's not black and white. It's really it's really just a world of estimation. And so um so you don't want to get so connected to those numbers that it drives you crazy. So it's it's keeping my clients having a healthy relationship with food too so that they're not it's not like a uh, a tip for tat type of thing with eating or categorizing foods as good or bad. It's it's just understanding, you know, what foods are doing for your body.
1: That's interesting. And and so, um, what is the what is the relationship with like a professional athlete going to look like? Is there going to be a lot more communication with them or less?
0: Yeah, good question. So um, probably with them, there's going to be a lot more. There might be we might be kind of. Honing in more and getting more into the nitty gritty of of the nutrition. So instead of just, um, you know, I don't know. Instead of just creating meals and snacks um, and teaching them how to put meals and snacks together, it might be okay. Let's do some sweat rate testing. Let's um, do some, you know, blood work and look at your supplementation intake and let's, you know, change around your supplements. You know, it's it's going to be a lot more detailed um, for them in, in terms of what what I'm doing with them, just because more than likely they're at a level where um, that's going to be uh, more important, but also that, you know, they're, they're older, they're probably more ready to understand and and more committed to making those changes. Whereas, um, you know, a, a lower level athlete, and this is not, this is a sweeping generalization. So this is not true of all of, all of these athletes, but generally younger athletes, you know, they're, they're maybe just barely getting by with getting their meals and snacks to look the way they should, you know, and, and maybe all this other stuff, we just, we can't really focus on that right now because we're just trying to get that baseline, you know, that that basic foundation of their nutrition right. where it needs to be. Um, so, yeah, so that's generally, you know, it's, it's a lot more attention to detail um, with the professionals. How often it, it really just depends, again, on are they in season, out of season? What are their goals? What are they trying to do? Um, and, you know, as far as all that goes.
1: Yeah, because I, I imagine with a like a high school athlete, even the most serious high school athletes, you probably have a, you're probably dealing with kids eating a bag of Sour Patch at every lunch break. Whereas a professional athlete is probably, <laughs> I imagine, is a little bit more disciplined as as far as what they're putting in their bodies, and you got to. Well,
0: generally, generally, you know. I, but it also really depends on the sport. You know, I, I was at, um, IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida for a little bit, and this is a, a high level training facility. You know, kids go to school there, they'll go to school in the morning and then they train all afternoon or in the summer. Um, you know, they'll train twice a day. They'll be there for summer, sometimes the entire summer training, but part of the clients that they bring in is professional athletes. And I remember, sitting down with a professional basketball player and he hands me over his food intake and I thought oh well this is going to be great you know this is going to be just a beautiful intake and it was terrible it was it was <laughs> still, to this day probably one of the worst food intakes I've ever seen Did it so, include a lot of
1: McDonald's? He,
0: yeah, he went to McDonald's. I think it was every meal he went to McDonald's and and got like the worst things at McDonald's cuz I will <laughs> argue that you can get good stuff at McDonald's but but I was, I remember I was floored It like, it, my mind was blown that there's a professional athlete, you know, and you think they're going to eat the, the best in the world. And they don't, you know, and um, I think part of it too, was the timing that was actually before I went back to graduate school. So, you know, back in 2009, um, I don't, I think this whole idea of nutrition and performance was really just starting to kind of explode. I think now, especially if you're paying attention to different professional teams and clubs, they're they're getting much more attuned to, hey, we really need to watch and and educate and help our players better understand, you know, how to how to feel themselves. And everything is improving. But especially back then. I, I just don't think that was as big at that point. Um, so, yeah, so it, you you have expectations, but you never know until you sit down with that athlete and see what they're actually doing.
1: That's funny. I, every every successful basketball player that I've ever known has always had uh, a thing for McDonald's. I can't figure out what that is. <laughs>
0: About basketball and them eating terribly. <laughs> well, well, I <laughs> That's think such a sport culture.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if I wonder if the because the with within the high school space for basketball, there's the McDonald's, uh, like one of the one of the most prized games or events of the year sponsored by McDonald's, and so I, I wonder if that has played a part in it, like that brand integ- integration into the sport. Uh, but it's just funny that every time a discussion around health and nutrition comes up. Basketball is always, or seems to be tied to McDonald's in an in interesting way.
0: Yeah, that's really funny. It could be, who knows?
1: So I think we have time for one more question. Um, how are you implementing strong tori- storytelling into your marketing efforts? And, and especially as a sole proprietor running this business by yourself, how are you, how are you telling your story? Um, and, 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 building your brand around that story um, to uh, communicate to your clients and potential clients like what you're doing and, and why you're different. And um, does, it, does that make sense?
0: Yes. Yeah, it does. You know, one thing I learned pretty much as soon as I started my business is that when I would say my name is Kate Davis, I'm a sports dietitian. In my mind, I assumed people knew what that was. Uh, but most of the time, people would say, "Oh, that's great. What is that again? You know, or, or what do you do?" Nobody really knew what that was. And even now, um, if I say sports nutritionist, people kind of figure it out a little bit better. But but most people honestly have no idea what I do. Um, they don't know the benefit. They don't know why they should care. They don't know, um, you know, why they should spend money on it. So. You know, when you talk about storytelling, that's that's really a huge part of the marketing that I do. Um, if you go on my website, I have um, testimonials all over my website from you know from physicians, from trainers, but also from clients. Um, I have an intro video right on my homepage, and it's um, testimonials kind of put together, you know, taped testimonials from different clients, and it, it kind of tells the story of you know the ways that I've helped clients. Um, I, from the beginning, anytime I've gotten testimonials, I always ask, you know, can I use your name? Can I get a picture? Because I think one of my biggest pet peeves with companies is when they have have testimonials on their website or whatever the case, and I can't tell if they're real or if they made them up. So from the beginning, whenever I get testimonials, I've, I've always said, can I please use your real information so that people know that I didn't make this up? You know, this is, this is real. This is, what you know good nutrition can do for you type type of thing mm-hmm. um and you know, like I mentioned in my my sports medicine newsletter, I always have an athlete spotlight um article in there about something you know what whatever I did for that athlete, you know and basically an interview with them um you know, and anytime I'm marketing or or networking with um individuals or you know whether it be athletic directors or whoever, I always include you know, this is what I can do for your athletes. This is how I can help you. Um, So it's, it's really kind of telling the story of, um, you know, what, why does this matter? Right? Why, why is this important? Why should I um, commit to you? Um, Because I I don't think people understand what performance nutrition really can do for them um, until you tell them. So I think I'm an important piece, right? I am, I'm the one who's going to tell it to you, but I think more than getting to know who I am, they want to understand, you know, you're a nice person and all, but what is it that you're going to do for me and, and how do you do that? And so the testimonials and, um, you know, and, and all of those pieces, those have taken me a lot further with um, getting new clientele and referrals, um, you know, than, than probably any other type of marketing that I do.
1: Well, thank you, Kate. This has been this has been really good. Um if if our listeners wanna get a hold of you or have any more questions about what you're doing with RD Kate, um, how can they get a hold of you?
0: So I have a website, it's rdkate.com. So it's pretty easy to remember R D as in dietitian, K-A-T-E dot Um and on there they can, you know, connect to my testimonials, my um everything about my services, my email address, all that. Um, But if they want the direct email, it's also quite easy to remember. It's rdkate at rdkate.com.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you again, Kate, for being on the show. We love uh, hearing about what you're doing and and can't wait to uh, share this with our audience. And uh, yeah, we hope you have a great day and good luck with the business.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Active Lifestyle Marketer. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate it if you rate and or review us on the iTunes store. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a story to share with other active lifestyle brand leaders or know someone who would be a great guest on the Active Lifestyle Marketer, let us know. We love connecting with active lifestyle brand executives and sharing their insights and knowledge with our audience. Just send us an email at info at And lastly, if you need help telling your brand story, we would love to share how we could help in that process. Check us out at tigercreative.com.
0: See you next time.